So what I would say to your audience and and I say to myself as well, we can sit and conform to the boxes that were created and in a system that was created to talk about diversity, or we flip the narrative and talk about it in a way that it empowers us. You are listening to Concrete Pastures Podcast. I am Nancy Mulemwasisi. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For anyone who is new on our platform, this is a space that allows myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of an immigrant status. We unlike the joys, the laughs, and the bravery that being a dreamer brings. So subscribe, like, share, and stay a while as we dive into today's episode. I am so excited today. Our oh, our guest, I met her at the US Africa Business Week. It was such a pleasure to meet her. She was uh, one of the panelists. I love what she had to share and I brought her here to share with us her passion, what she does, her journey. It's such an honor. She's originally from uh, Tanzania. She's our second guest from Tanzania. So we, we are here to hear more about Tanzania and her journey. Her name is Chili Chili Wan. She is an experienced professional with with a demonstrated history in the financial services industry, specifically in the areas of capital markets, business transformation, management, majors and acquisition, and consulting. Originally from Tanzania, she has lived in Toronto for nine years and has been based now in NYC since 1999. Chile has 10 years of consulting experience at Deloitte in the payments department. Additionally, she has worked in Zambia and South Africa, as well as for a startup best out of London. Welcome, Chili. How are you? Hello, Nancy. It's nice to see you again. I'm well, thank you. And thank you for having me here today. Oh, it's such an honor. I've, I've been looking forward to this. Um, thank you for your patience, actually. And um, for starters, we just want to get to know you a little bit. We've never been to Tanzania for some of us. How was it growing up in Tanzania? It's a beautiful country, but every country in Africa is beautiful. Everybody's going to be biased. We're on the East Coast. Uh, we are a neighbor Uganda and Kenya. We have a very large coastal line and we've got Zambia in the south, Malawi. We're also bordered with Burundi and Rwanda. That kind of puts Tanzania on the map there. Well, I didn't know you were bordered with Burundi. Oh yes, Burundi and Rwanda. Oh, yeah. some geography right there. Just yeah. like. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So how was um, it going up there? It, it, was, it was beautiful. Um, Tanzania has a lot of different ethnicities you know right from the silk trade the unfortunate slave trade as well so you the spice trade as well so you've got people from from the Middle East you've got people from some Indian subcontinent and then you've got the indigenous people as well right so it's a mix and I find that that's something you find across Africa and a lot of countries um, so 
So I grew up in a very open country. Tanzania's never had a civil war. So, and I did go to boarding schools because those were the best schools uh, yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, things have changed a lot on the education perspective since then. But yeah, Tanzania, you know, and we're right on, under the equator line. So it's hot most of the year. We have Mount Kilimanjaro. That area gets a little bit colder, but like in general, we just like the rest of Africa, we just have rain and sun. That's how the agriculture calendar works. So you guys don't have winter? No, not like that's not, that's inter- not. meeting like I got to wear boots and socks and stuff. No, we don't have that. Oh, that's amazing. Where so is the, Tanzania with you? I was, I was born in a in a place called Mwanza, which is around Lake Victoria. It's actually where Lake Victoria is in Tanzania. And Lake Victoria is shared with three countries, Uganda, Tanzania, and Kenya. And then my parents moved, my sister and I were born in Mwanza, and then my parents moved to a, a smaller town close to Mwanza. It's called Shinyanga. Shinyanga is known for the diamond. Shinyanga used to produce 30% of the De Beers diamonds that would come onto the market. Oh, wow. That came from Tanzania, it came from Shinyanga, yeah. And so the schools that I went to were in the north part of the country, Arusha and Moshi. Arusha, I went to St. Constantine's, and then Moshi was the international school of Moshi. Moshi's where Mount Kilimanjaro is. And so when we talk about cold, that's where it gets cold, in that region there. And so you do find yourself needing to have to wear a sweater, right? Like a, like a pretty thick sweater. Mm. Um, you know, obviously you gotta wear shoes and socks because it just kind of gets that cold. But never to the extent of what we know to for it to be winter like here, or even like South Africa where you need boots yeah. or, or mm-hmm. scarves or whatever. We don't have that. We don't have that. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, if you're climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, then obviously you, you need have to, to bundle dress up. for it. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah. Have you been to Kilimanjaro? So no, shamefully. <laughs> I, I, I went to school at the foot of it for six years. So Mount Kilimanjaro every morning, but I never went up. Uh, my sister went halfway up. I, I never did, unfortunately. I do regret it now. Yeah. Okay, there's still time. There's still time. Right. We'll go probably someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did you decide to to go to Canada? That's why you started your immigrant life, I guess. Yeah, um, it was for university. So that's where I wanted to go study. And that's what took me to Canada. And so I started what is now a university, but at the time was a polytechnic. It's called Ryerson University today. I did my first year there. And, you know, unfortunately, we ran out of funds to be able to, for me to continue straight. As you know, international students pay a different tuition rate than the locals do. <laughs> so, you know, uh, my education, the formal education came to a stop and I became a nanny and then I went to school at night and I became a dental assistant. And I did that for five years because my intent was to become a dentist, actually. And when you're working as a dental assistant, you're sitting there right next to the dentist for five years, looking at dirty mouth, and you see it yourself. So I came out of it. But while I was doing that, I went to night skin to then study the Microsoft Systems Engineer that had come out, a certificate that had come out way, way back. Um, so I did that as a And right, so I lived in Canada for nine years and I had no family there and I was homesick and I was getting tired and I thought that just as I was about to leave, I met my ex-husband at the time. Post, we got married in Tanzania and in the meantime, he was transferred to New York. And so that is how I actually ended 
up in me. And that was his dream to live and work on Wall Street. Oh. New York was never my dream. I just wanted to get an education. And then my intent was to go back. Here I am. And so I started working at the help desk uh, for investment banking at Goldman Sachs. That was my first corporate job. Oh, nice. And it was that certificate that I had done before that enabled me to get that job. Um, I worked there for five years and then I did 10 years. And we moved back temporarily to Toronto. We thought we wanted to be back there. Six months later, we came right back. We realized New York is home. Um, and we, I've been here since, right? I've been in New York since 99. Yeah. Um, it's home for me now, but you know, home is also Tanzania. I'm, I, I'm, I'm very passionate and care for the continent um, and its people. So I try to help as much as I can whenever I can, in whatever capacity. I did a little bit of time at PIMCO, which is an asset manager. And then I got laid off and I thought, okay, I've been working since I was 18 nonstop. I took some time off and I found myself in Tanzania and looking around for projects and I found something at the Dar es Salaam stock, which enabled me to work with the NASDAQ, with NASDAQ from Dubai to be, to work on financial inclusion specifically for Tanzania through the World Bank. That was a really, really great experience. It was a great challenge. Never in a million years did my partners and I think we could have brought NASDAQ to Tanzania, but we did. And it was fantastic. The experience was absolutely amazing. And then that led me to a startup in London. So the, the investors, partial investors were sitting in London and the workers, were, some of some of us were working in London. And then the others were in South Africa and one of the investors was in, in Zambia. So that is why I was traveling to South Africa and Zambia for the startup. And the startup was based on digital identity. They've done really well. They're, they're making a lot of news flash, but they've done really well. And um, it's a really great project. It started with the idea that government farm owners, right, landowners, and so that's how it came to be. After doing that for a little bit, uh, I found myself back in New York um, and worked on Mastercard, and that's where you, you know, you and I met at the, yeah. you know, U.S. Africa Business uh, Panel. No, you had a lot of great things to say at the U.S. Africa uh, Business Week. That's why I wanted to bring you on. And also after we connected over the phone, you did mention your passion that you really wanted to share and inspire our community on adversity and diversity being a strength for us as immigrants. I just want to know, because there's so much, even before we started, I was, telling, I was sharing with you that there's so much negativity when it comes to going through adversity and then diversity. So uh, a lot of us do have a lot of you know, not so positive stories around it. Could you share with us how adversity and diversity has been a strength for you? Absolutely. To me, diversity is a blessing. If we all look the same, we would be really boring. It would be a boring world, right? Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Right? There's beauty in what I see on the screen. There's beauty in Nancy that I'm looking at right now, right? You're beautiful. And we're all beautiful. It is unfortunate that diversity is not celebrated the way we would like it to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. It is However, just because it's not celebrated does not mean that you shouldn't celebrate it or that it doesn't work in your favor. It does. So when diversity is not being celebrated, it brings the adversary, adversity that we talk about, right? Challenges. Mm -hmm. And challenges are what it is. Something that now stretches you in ways you haven't been stretched emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually. Your whole being is now challenged. That's 
centers. And when all these elements are, are challenged at the same time, it's overwhelming and you lose your shit. Yeah. Yeah. As you're supposed, as you're supposed to, because you're human, you're not a machine. Right. But now I go back to the diversity, right? Because you are so unique in you, you will overcome that adversity. You will use the fact that you are so different. You are so unique. You have such a different story. Your life experience has actually given you the tools to deal with what you're going through. I say this to you and to your audience as much as I'm saying it to myself. I'm going through a challenge literally right now as I, I just got laid off last week. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, I wanted to work at Master. It's where I wanted to be after I came back from London. It took me a year. I got there. Now I can choose to focus on, oh my God, it took me a year. Or say, I got, I wanted to be there. I got there. And I got five beautiful years. And literally today, before we come here, I was reading something different. This one closed, a million others open. You know that saying, Nancy, where one door closes, a million doors open? Yes, yes. I, I, yeah. So somebody wrote a little blurb on it, basically saying that we spent too much time worrying about that door that closed. And that when we're worried about that door that closed, we're not seeing the door that opened. We're not seeing the new opportunity. It's a beautiful saying. It gives us hope. So we can either just say, okay, great, thank you for that experience and I'm going to take what I've learned and see what else is available. I, I completely understand you saying at the beginning, right, that a lot of us look at diversity with a negative. It's mm -hmm. because those are our life experiences and we can't take that away from anybody, right? People get attacked for their skin color. People get attacked for their religion, right? I was attacked in London because I wear a hijab. I wear a hat. I was yeah. attacked in broad day. Right. So that's made me stronger. It's not okay. I am not saying it is okay to, to, to be exposed to that or to have to go through that or to have to go through people saying slurs at you, racials. It, it is not okay. It is not. But if we look at the other challenges, other adversities that we go through in life day to day, it's making you stronger. It's literally preparing day by day for where you're meant to. So I look at my journey. I look at my life. You know, I led, led a pretty comfortable yeah. intensity, right? I, sometimes we forget to give ourselves a break and look at our life, right? I have had challenges and I was saying that at 19 years old, I found myself in a shelter, right? In Toronto. It scarred. It was a traumatic experience. I had never seen any kid. I'd never been in one. But what that did to me also, it made me strong. It gave me the drive to say never again. I never want to end up there. But it also gave me compassion for people who are there. So today, we can celebrate diversity in so many different ways. I may look different. My life experiences have been different. But I can bring something to the conversation that yeah. you don't have. And it is, in my opinion, when if it's companies or if it's friends that don't celebrate or appreciate that diversity amongst all of us, then it's there. But it is these life experiences that make me different, that make you different. And we show up, right? Diversity is not just about color and ethnicity. Diversity is actually about those life experiences because you have walked such a different life. And you, when we're looking at solutions, if we're looking at a problem at work, Nancy, I can guarantee you, you're going to come up with a different solution and I'm going to come up with a different solution. Why? Not because you're darker than me or I'm lighter than you or I wear a headscarf and you've got great no it is your life experiences you've experienced something that tells you you know what if we're building a consumer product i would like for it to do this because i remember i went through this or you know what i worked in a different place before and this is how we did it that's diverse that's what diverse let's celebrate that part of diversity you know you, you're hitting a really uh, great point because when we especially here in america i'll speak for america because this is where i've been
been the longest. <laughs> when we talk about diversity, it's more of a color situation. Because even when people approach you and when you experience it, it's more really of a color. Or we need to hire these many black people. We need to have these many black people in school. Or we need to have these many white people in school. This way, it's, it's a balance. So that's where I, I was looking at it. But listening to you, explaining it from a different point of view, it really changes the way I view it. My thing is, Nancy, and I agree with you, in America, generally, when people talk about diversity, they talk about skin color. But that is so limited. That is so limited. We can choose to continue talking about diversity like that. And you know who's going to end up losing? Us, people mm-hmm. of color. Because we didn't build this system. The systems are not built to lift us up. So if you don't pivot and turn it, flip it on its head, we're going to continue in the same conversation. So it is for us to challenge that and say diversity is a lot more than just color. Diversity is the life that I have walked, the life that I have lived. That is different. And it's up to us to change that narrative, people of color. We can continue talking about diversity in the box that they create. Once again, we're falling in the box that they create. Diversity is your life experience. Diversity is your work experience. And and, and I will credit this. Uh, one of the reasons they hired me at MasterCard is because I had such a vast international experience. And the team that I was hired in, oh man, I credit the people who hired me, which was Jennifer Hopper and Mike Rathron. They built the most diverse team at MasterCard. Not, we had an Nigerian guy, Tanzanian woman, myself. We had an African, African-American woman. Uh, we had a guy from Iran. We had a Filipino guy. And then I think we had a couple white Americans. Literally international. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, fantastic. They're just absolutely great. But they told me, it's when they were interviewing me, the questions they were asking me, my responses were all based on my international experience. Mm-hmm. So initially, they thought they wanted to put me on an international team. And then they said, no, we actually want you on the American team so you can bring the, Amer- the international perspective. That's diversity. It's your thinking. It's what you're bringing to the table. It's your experience. So what I would say to your audience and, and I say to myself as well, we can sit and conform to the boxes that were created and in a system that was created to talk about diversity or we flip the narrative and talk about it in a way that it empowers us. Oh, no, I love that. I love that. That's, right? uh, that's very powerful. I love that. Just the way, you know, we can't do anything about our skin color. We can't do about anything about the texture of our hair. Like, I'm born with curly hair. I remember when I first came here to North America, like literally white hair dresses would look at my hair and go, oh my God, we can't touch that. And then one of them actually said to me, oh, this is not normal. It is normal. Where I come from, it's normal hair. Oh, forget you, about mine. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that it's thick and it's curly and they've never had to deal with it. Yeah. Right? But seeing that to an 18 year old, it kind of got in my head. And now everybody wants to wear hair. Oh, so we either... That just reminded me, you, um, I, I went to a salon and I wanted just to blow out with my hair and I literally walked in and they're like, oh, we don't do that hair. I mean, I like yeah. the honesty, but then still it, I felt some type yeah, of... Yeah, it I, hurt. I talk about it, I'm like, how you don't do my type of hair? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember when I was 18 and I went to just get a haircut and completely overwhelmed. And instead of saying, I can't handle this hair, she proceeded to say, your hair is not normal. This is not normal. No, I am normal. My hair is normal. But you see what I mean? It's sleeping now. Now I'm much older. Dare somebody say my hair is not normal? No, I'm sorry. You wish you had it. My hair is normal. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go in and out of the water. Your hair is still going to be curly, lovely. <laughs> right. Um, so we can choose 
and it's hard i'm not gonna lie i've had i've had life experiences and professional experiences where i feel like things would have been different had i been a caucasian woman there's no denying however it is those experiences that make you stronger that make you see things differently then that prepares you for the next opportunity and you do rise above it because you experience that then you're able to say hang on a second i'm going to do it different and it's hard it's hard how did you get to this point because it's like a lot of self-discipline yeah uh, introspective i guess in a way you know and i think your immigrant community and non-immigrant community even the people back home there is something that i believe just africans have by default it is that we are all hustlers think about our parents are very hard work whether they immigrated to america or not to the west or not just sitting back home my parents were very hard work my dad worked seven days a week my mom worked as well she had her own thing but she wasn't just a housewife yeah. when most women weren't could have just been housewife but yeah. if you are a single woman even the wealthy women who are married to wealthy men have a side hustle something what do you call that what do they call that in america mm-hmm. hustler, right yeah. it is that it is that mindset of i get it i'm gonna do it right we have this drive so two things it's growing up around people with strong work ethic with strong morals but it's also like you come to a foreign country where they have very different values i didn't want to lose what i was raised with and i don't have a family i don't have a family in america my family isn't i didn't have family in camp so it was literally sink or swim so if you have to sink or swim what are you going to do you're going to swim you're going to swim the best way you know how so those survival instincts kick in your hustler mentality kicks in and then you can kind of sit and cry about all these opportunities that weren't given to you because you're not Caucasian. However, where does that get me? My crying is not going to change the system. My doing that I'm better than the system. So that's how I choose to look at it. And I'm telling you, it is not hard. I have broken, I have cried, I have fought, I have endured. But if you also think about, and, and so for me, the drive also comes from, you know, I have a family back home. I have my sisters. I have my mother. So if I give up, who's helping them? Who's helping them? I'm at least, you know, I can go out and say and, and demonstrate and prove myself, right? In Tanzania, I may not even have this opportunity, right? You know, I was at an event on Tuesday night. I walk in there. I was the only woman. I was the only woman of color. I was the only Muslim woman. A majority of the men in there were Caucasian. I think they were perhaps four, none, and one after the rest. Were. I looked around the room and I thought, how did I end up? I'm not afraid. Don't be afraid because you're different. It's a beautiful thing. So even if there was a Caucasian woman in there, you know, because we're outnumbered, of course, you, you have, they have to see, right? But your difference is your strength. Your diversity is your strength. They are forced to acknowledge. They are forced to acknowledge. And when they acknowledge, it is up to you that that becomes a positive or a negative. You're, you're in control. You have that power. Your diversity is your strength. Your diversity is your power. Wherever you go. Even if you, Nancy, walk in a room full of Africans, you are still different. You're still different. Your life experience is different. So I like to talk about beyond the superficial. And like if we're actually going to solve the electricity problem in Tanzania, I guarantee you, you're going to come up with a very different solution than what I'm going to come up with. And that's what I want. That's what I want on, on my table. Give me all these different ways of seeing problem and a solution because then my product's going to be the best. Mm-hmm.
is going to be unique because you bring a different thought process automatically i will have a market differentiator now i see why this this platform exists <laughs> every right. time i have a conversation with someone it opens me up to a different way to see things and you my dear are doing that right now <laughs> i'm glad, I'm glad. And, and i just I was wanna... so gravitated to you when you were talking on stage um among the panelists and i was like yeah I, she needs to come and bless us thank you i appreciate it it's just you know life is hard life is like but life is a blessing right so even when it's hard it's still a blessing you know i when it gets hard it's an opportunity for you to slow down and count your blessings we should be counting our blessings every day anyway when it gets hard when you start counting your blessings all of a sudden it's not hard and trust me i've had to go through a lot on my own on my own. and i'm not making small of the challenges people of color go through in america they are it, it is a lot generations and generations of black people in america have suffered people of color and native indians have suffered color continue to suffer to this day right yeah Americans continue to native Americans continue to suffer to this day. But on an individual basis, we we have a choice. And collectively, if we all start spinning, pivoting, or, or talking about it from different dimensions, we get strong. I am more than just my skin. I am more than just my headscarf. I am more than just my religion. I offer a lot more. And it, it is it is horrible what people have to go through all over the world based on these things, all over the world. But those of us in who are blessed to have job, incomes, different streams of incomes. Just yeah. working corporate America doesn't mean it's the end all be all. No, I'm, I, I salute the, the way entrepreneurs work in Africa with such little limited resources, right? It is when you are encountering an individual who is different from you, I would encourage you to ask the simple question of how would you solve or how would you work? And you'll be surprised. You will be surprised because that person is going to tell you something you have never even thought about and you thought, wait, let me go research that or how did you do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is where I'm, I'm constantly humbled every time I go to Tanzania. It's a, it's a humbling place. Um, I live in New York City. I, I've been here for over 25 years, most of my life at this point. We have a lot of luxuries that we take. Water, electricity, never, right? Right now in Tanzania, you know, they're rationing. Like I speak to my mom and she's, she can't sleep at night because it's hot. Can't turn on the air or the fan. And so when you go, you, you're humble because y- you walk in with, oh, I'm so accustomed to my luxuries, which are luxuries here. And yes. mind you, I don't live a luxurious life in New York. I don't. I just live a basic life. But when I compare myself when I get there, I do live a life. And then when people are complaining or whatever, it's so easy to say, oh, you need more factories or you need to produce more solar panels or you need to do that. But when you actually sit down and talk to people who were trying to fix these problems, you will realize you are nothing. Because you're speaking from a place of luxury. They teach you. They show you the challenges that they have to go through and what they have overcome to now say, oh, you know what? We cook with solar panels. They didn't take us fixing that. Yes, we may have had the noble idea of, hey, we can we can build solar panels. But the day-to-day of using that solar panel in their lives, that was them, not us. So I am constantly humble um, when I go to Tanzania and, and see how people overcome their adversity, yeah. right? It, it, I, I am humbled and it, it's amazing. It's amazing how to, to see how people will use the same 
same technology in a very, very different way. They all have smartphones. I tell you, they're way smarter with their smartphones than we are. Oh, yeah, I know. Everybody has a smartphone. Everybody has YouTube, Facebook. Every- I was so I, I was home in May and I was so amazed at how people utilize Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm very bad with social media. I don't even know if it's bad or good. I'm not on social media that much. I would go literally for like five minutes, yeah. perhaps maybe five minutes, yeah. and I'm off social media. They spend their time on uh, looking at what's out on Facebook because there's a lot of businesses going on on Facebook. They utilize it in a different way and like just posting pictures like we not bashing anybody, how people yeah. um, utilize it here with just showing off their bodies, whatever they're yeah. wearing, yeah. whatever it is. But back home, it's really business. It's like, oh, what, yeah. what's going on here? And I, I, I was amazed. I was amazed. Isn't it fascinating, right? Like how it's the same. It's the same pool, but they use it so different from how we use it. And, you know, that's what I mean. Their life experiences teaches them something else. And we have a lot to learn from each other. Oh, wow. So what's next for you? Now, because uh, now, I was going to ask about uh, MasterCard, but we, we cannot talk about MasterCard now. So what's You're right. Um, you know, I want to, I, I like the payment space. I do. I, I like working with technology, delivering solutions, consumer solutions. Um, but, you know, I'm also open to seeing how I could work with technology, delivering solutions for small to medium-sized businesses. Um, you know, I think that's the space that's growing, but not just in America, but globally. Yeah. Um, when you look at the African continent, all of it runs on small and medium-sized businesses. All of it. That's the backbone any government. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I want to explore that and see where I land, you know, and I truly believe I, once I figure that out, I will get there, right? And, and I'm positive you will figure it out. I just, I was just curious to see. Yeah. You, you have such a mind shifting way of looking at things, and there could be someone going through the same situation that you're currently going through, and you could help them just, you know, have that courage to keep pushing forward. Yeah. No. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I keep saying, I say this to you, your audience, but to myself, of course, is you know, it's literally just a week, yeah. and I'm like, I've already had a moment of, oh my god, what am I gonna do? It's that panic moment right yeah and you know my niece reminds she said you prayed for master it took you a year but god that's what you want Mm -hmm. right now me having the tough part is figuring out where i want and then the rest will follow i heard um uh steve harvey and a lot of other people that i listen to for motivation um say that there is a blessing all the time when i went through (laughs) and i was listening to this uh the time i heard it the first time i was going through my own hard time and I was like, what do I say? Right? <laughs> you say to yourself, well, come on now. I have bills to pay. How is this a blessing? <laughs> I'm telling you. And then a lot of months passed by, almost a year. And then I look back at where I was when I first heard that message and I heard it again. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And I saw the blessing myself. I, I had to actually look. I didn't even have to search so much of it. I saw the blessing myself. Right? Yes, yeah. I saw the blessing myself. So I was like, yes, if I had stayed in this situation that I wanted to stay in, this, I would not have been where I am right now. Yeah. And, uh, I just want to encourage everybody, including you, Chile. Thank you um, for taking the time to, you know, inspire us, really. I'm, I'm really inspired uh, with what you just shared. And um, things will come up. Yeah. Great things will come up, for sure. Thank you. And Thank there 
is truly a blessing. I'm testament of that. Um, there is a true blessing in anything that you go through hard times. Uh, there is a blessing outside of that, really. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And we forget that. So we just need to remind ourselves all the time, right? And so I, I, I have had, had a moment of, oh my God, right? Like you said, every adversity is a blessing. I will look back to this and say, this is why this happened and when it happened. And it's okay. And, you know, it's it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And all that you've done and uh, all of these years that you've been here, going back home, being here, have you found your perfect pastures? I don't know. I don't know. I I think for me, I'm very passionate about educating girls mm. in, in Africa, across the continent. But I've also realized it's education, not just educating girls, but it's educating everybody. And so I try to do that. I, so I technology used to be the game changer. Technology is a level is the leveling of the plane. I feel like education is then the game changer. Because when you teach a person how to use even just Facebook, it changes their life. Yeah. It changes their life. So why is that important for girls to be educated? So not too long ago in a, in Africa, it was not deemed important to educate girls at all. And so my sisters and I have informally always educated girls who, you know, couldn't, whose parents couldn't afford to pay the school fees or uniform fees, whatever. We always helped out whenever we could. And so now, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you see all these studies and statistics, not just in the West, where women have a higher education than most men. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to see that in emerging markets as well. I'll speak to Africa, I can't speak to the rest of the world, but like, statistically, there's more women graduating from high school, from college, than they are men. That's going to create an imbalance if it isn't already. So if we're to see a balanced growth across the people of the continent, mm-hmm. everybody needs to be educated. So we are seeing, like, I don't know if you've seen any studies or what have you, but you'll see that, you know, boys will make it high school and drop out and just start that hustle life, right? Yeah. And you'll see girls will stay and go to college. So while I respect the hustle life, I also, and I'm not saying every every profession needs you to go to college. No, that era is gone, right? Like my nephew taught himself how to code. So I respect that. But for those who, you know, there's something to be said, like, you know, you want to be an engineer, then you need to stick it out in college. Yeah. Right. We need engineers on the continent. We need doctors. These are the backbone professions of any society. Um, But our focus has been so much on, you know, girls and women. Right. I'm, I'm not taking that away. But if we just keep focusing on that, what happens to the men? Who's going to support emotionally and intellectually these smart women who's going to support these smart women are going to need smart men to have these conversations to have a partnership with to have life partners what woman's going to marry a dumb man not African women I'll tell you that but, uh, <laughs> yeah. so uh, you know um, I, think, I think we need to balance that but yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know why I asked? I recently, um, we had a filmmaker that came to New York. I wish I invited you, actually. Yes, they had a showing at the firehouse in the city. The filmmaker is Congolese, okay. and, but he lives in France. So he made... Um, a documentary of his grandparents and mm. uh, his grandparents were talking about the time where um, without giving so much away before they were colonized for that time 
it was so different with how um, Congo was and how they fought to get their um, their freedom from the uh, colonizers and the difference between educating women and men. The men learned uh, English, French, the women were only learning local languages. That was it. Mm -hmm. You see? It, it was such a surprise for me. I was like, okay, they go to school, but they're only learning local languages. That was it. Because it was more important to educate men yeah. than to women. And that's the reason why I was asking, because there's a lot of us um, Africans that are passionate about educating uh, women. And also, I think when you educate a woman, you are educating the whole community. Because we, we do Absolutely. give back uh, in a way that's very different. Nothing against you men it just it's, a, it's different yeah yeah because women we're nurturers right so we take yeah. care of the communities it's it's our dna i get that yeah. but now look at let's look at this example these men were just were learning french and english and the women were just learning local languages what drift did that create between those life partnerships i'm sure it did yeah. it just made it reinforced that the man is better and the man has the power and the man has it it continued enforce those those wedges i would like to say yeah no it's true it's true i didn't even see it that way um the the, the impact it makes at home when you yeah. you're going home with your partner your partner feels superior than you yes and it continues especially in our homes yeah and continue whereas now if we're saying we're both educated we both speak the same language yeah i think it's and it's not to say we don't each play our own roles but like at least when you're having those conversations and making family decisions Yes. People can bring, Something you know, the two parties. Yeah. 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 Where, you know. No, it's true. It's true. It, it, it was uh, my, um, it, it opened up my mind to, uh, to a whole and looked at things very differently. And that's why I like to support even our African filmmakers. Um, yeah. So when whenever those the, the people come into town, like New York stuff, I go support. And I went Yeah, please call me next time. I'll be there. No, I will. I will. Um, I'll tell you after this what's coming up actually as okay. well but this is gonna come up later it's, the episodes will be released later <laughs> so yeah but i just want to thank you and this has been such an honor uh to have you on thank you for making time for for us and inspiring us like i said before um you are really an inspiration thank you so much thank you it's been a pleasure meeting you and thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You're a great human and I love what you're doing for your community. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it on today's episode. It's truly an honor to serve each and every dreamer. Concrete Precious now provides targeted services to dreamers coming to the US of A. We assist you to successfully integrate. We are here to support you as you write your new chapter. Kindly check out our services in the link tree. Until next time, keep dreaming.